Hey you, are you ready? Grab your pack, grab your tent, grab your gear. Jump in, we're going on an adventure. In Arizona, there's so much to see, so much to experience. At GCU, adventure is never too far away. Offering over 200 academic programs with a Christian worldview and nestled in the heart of Phoenix, you can earn your degree in fewer than four years and explore everything Arizona has to offer. Find your purpose at GCU. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash azroadtrip. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romali, Leslie's executive producer in for Leslie Marshall, who will be back uh, in about a half hour after she finishes her TV appearances. Uh, this half hour, I'm joined by Dr. Michael Hansen, who's a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution and the deputy director of the Brown Center on Education Policy. We are bringing Dr. Hansen on to talk about America's student uh, loan debt crisis, um, which has just reached uh, $1.3 trillion uh, in America. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hansen. Thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, um, in in looking at uh, my research for this, you know, I, I see all these articles talking about how big it is, and um, what I'm trying to get uh, as I started off, and I think people want to know is how does this compare to uh, other times in American history as far as this student uh, loan debt that we're carrying? Well, in general, the the amount of student loan debt that we are carrying is unprecedented. Um, it is um, higher in dollar values than what we have seen in the past. And not only that, um, it, is, it is becoming a, the largest share of, of um, individual household debt, excuse me, household uh, debts hold by households than any other form of debt, where previously the, the main components of, of household debt were comprised of credit card holding, credit card debt and auto loan debt. Those are still there those have declined somewhat over time. However, student loan debt has been ramping up and is now the largest of all those categories. Yeah, I just read it. Uh, for a lot of Americans, it surpassed their biggest monthly bill over groceries, which I think really puts it in perspective uh, when you think <laughs> I, about I had, that. I, I had not heard that factoid, but, uh, but but yes, it is a growing a growing issue, and it is uh, something that is worth some some public policy consideration. And what uh, what what problems does this uh, cause for our economy? Now, um, <clears throat> problems for the economy. Now, it's it's really hard to say exactly just yet. Uh, the it, it's the youngest it's the youngest millennials who are holding the largest amounts of debt, and there's also a lot of things that are that have happened to these millennials along the way, in addition to higher levels of student debt. So, of course, there's the, the recession, and so there's been a large fallout there. And so really identifying and isolating the effect of large levels of debt holding on, on uh, students' behavior, or excuse me, on graduates' behaviors and, and how they move forward into buying homes, et cetera, um, those kinds of issues are still really beginning to be determined. And so at least in, as far as the research evidence goes, it's hard to say exactly how this is going to play out. Now, I would speculate that, that uh, of course, those who are holding large shares or large balances of debt are going to have a harder time uh, financing a home, for example, or for um, the entrepreneurial types, uh, hard, they will have a harder time finding uh, a loan to start up a business, for example. 
Um, and so these these things will crowd out each other a little bit. Um, it's but it's hard to say the exact extent to which it will. And which how is much very fair. Effect I think what you're alluding to, and a lot of others are are alluding to, is who are trying to get ahead of the problem is those items you just listed are great concerns because obviously those are items that stimulate our economy. Um, and the concern is that if this you know millennial generation is having those problems, it's going to um, create the stagnation in the economy. So I think that's a very fair point by you um, that we don't see the data yet, but, you know, those are the concerns. And I, I think what a lot of people want to know is, okay, if if we are at a record and we didn't have this much student loan debt in the past, what's changed? Why, why is this happening? There are a lot of reasons why uh, why it could be happening, and the, the sum total is is a confluence of several things. Um, number one is that uh, Pell Grant assistance it has been declining over over time, um, and so the for example the the um, the amount of a Pell Grant that a student can that a low income student can qualify for um, it, it's it's not it, it doesn't closely track inflation and as inflation has increased over time the the amount of the Pell Grant hasn't really gro- hasn't grown as much um, also. Uh, also, the the limits the 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 limits on your income that you can get before your Pell Grant begins to shrink. Um, those limits have also um, gone down, and so they've been reduced somewhat. So so the so um, on the government side, uh, government grant aid, grant aid is has been declining somewhat, not a huge amount, but somewhat. Uh, of course, we also have increased costs of going into college, which is a very major component. Um, some of this is some of this is tuition costs and the like, and then of course uh, you also have the cost of living and um, living in an apartment, room and board, those kinds of expenses. So essentially, we're looking at less help um, than people have gotten in the past compared to inflation. On one side, on the other side, um, you have the government actually uh, limiting how much students can can get through those grants, and on the other side. You have the increase in you know cost to go to college, so obviously that's that's hitting those students. So, um, you know, looking looking at those problems, I think a, a government, as you said, is starting to take notice because Americans are starting to take notice, especially if it's starting to cost them more than their groceries each month for a lot of Americans. Um, so now, now markets. Also, yeah, go ahead. Just, just just to point out another factor that also uh, people don't um, acknowledge that much is that we also have an increasing share of of students who are actually pursuing higher education. And so as more and more, and so that they, of course, uh, that contributes to the aggregate uh, number of kids who are, who are going to call, who are accumulating debt. Absolutely, because they're going to be basically taking on more debt because they're getting more education. So it's not all um, apples to apples changes over the, the past few years, which I think is very important when you're looking at public policy, as, as you brought up in, in some of your pieces that I've read. Um, you know, it's not black and white, but that obviously shouldn't um, push us away from trying to do something about it, I think, anyway. Um, looking at this past fall, the president proposed making two years of community college free, um, which he says, and the White House says, could currently benefit 9 million students. And now you see, you know, obviously as campaign season is wrapped up, we just had the Iowa caucuses this week. Um, the two Democrats 
Democratic candidates, um, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, have each proposed plans to help reduce student loan debt on the one end, but also to try to expand access to public universities. Um, as you have looked at these plans, um, you know, if you want to just give the, us your take on, on how each of them uh, work and what you think of them. So, <clears throat> in general, my response to, to this question is to, to whether these plans will work. I feel like the plans themselves are probably, um, could, they could be likened to taking a meat cleaver to a problem that could probably be better solved with a scalpel. Um, and my argument is, is this, and, um, which, which is there is a lot of rhetoric around the student loan debt problem. Um, there are these are very large numbers in the aggregate that we're talking about, and on average, students are holding larger amounts of debt than they have in the past. However, um, and, and as I just alluded to just a moment ago, part of this increase is that we are that more people are actually going to school, which is a good thing. And as more people go to school, that actually increases their earning potential. So that that is a, a valuable thing. Uh, another important piece of this is that. Um, a very large ramp up in the in the amount of in the aggregate student loan debt balance that is uh, continues to accumulate a lot of that is due to graduate school expenses and so the average the average um, undergraduate who leaves with student debt is leaving with uh, somewhere on the order of about thirty five or so thousand uh, dollars where um, and, and so thirty five thousand dollars that that is by no means is it trivial, and uh, it is something that most will have to pay off over several years um, into their careers. However, um, the largest amounts of student debt are to professional degrees, like um, like getting a law degree or getting a medical degree, and um, or, or a business degree, et cetera. And so, while those and these graduates from those programs are much high, are much higher in debt at when they leave. However, they are much more likely to uh, to be able to pay off their loans at the end of the day. And so, um, so I, I have a <clears throat> I kind of argue with the characterization that this is really a crisis that's actually happening. And so I kind of feel that that this is where that uh, both Clinton and Sanders's plans are are in response to this alarmist uh, view that we have a student loan debt crisis and this is something that really needs to be taken care of. Um, so, for example, by, uh, by, by allowing students to, to refinance their loans at current low rates, um, which I, I'm not going to argue is a horrible thing to do, but, but what this is doing is this is giving a benefit to all students and the or all graduates who who hold debt, um, and the graduates that hold the largest amount of debt and therefore would benefit the most from this policy are those lawyers, those doctors, those uh, MBA professionals. And so, not that they don't need any benefit from this. Um, however, uh, if we did that, this kind of policy, it would be, actually be a very regressive policy. We'd be using um, tax resources in order to. Um, support those who have actually benefited a lot from going to college, um, whereas whereas uh, both Hillary and Bernie have been uh, characterizing this, <clears throat> excuse me, as as a regressive or as a progressive policy. I I, I disagree with that characterization. 
because it helps those who will, after their degrees, most likely be able to pay off the debt the, the easiest, I guess you would say, if that's the term you would use. Yeah, that's right. And, and so um, I, I do feel that there are, of course, um, one of the things, there are people that, that do legitimately need some aid with, uh, with helping to refinance their loans and getting uh, lower interest for uh, for for um, uh, for future for you know for future um, student financing decisions. Um, however, I would argue that um, the people that need the most help are the people that actually have the smallest or relatively small balances. And so uh, that, that's an interesting thing is that most defaults on student loans are on defaults uh, are, are on balances that have less than. For example, somewhere in the neighborhood about twenty thousand um, dollars, and so and and most people who are defaulting are are those that actually um, perhaps they didn't actually get all the way through college, and so they didn't they didn't get the full benefit of of uh, a the degree itself, and so which is part of the reason why they are in this predicament where they uh, where they are having a hard time paying off their loans, and so. Uh, and so, for I would I would argue that an overall an overall solution, as both um, Clinton and Sanders are proposing, it's a very big solution for really what I what I see is a pretty minor problem. So, looking at and you do mention right now, according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, one in four student loan borrowers borrowers are either in delinquency or default on their student loans. So it is a pretty large number. Um, but as you point out the students who most likely will need the most help have the smaller balances. Um, You know, in looking at the the crisis um, that some call it, others, you know, like yourself call it still a problem, but maybe not as much of an alarmist problem as as some are calling it, um, a fair assessment of it and your um, expertise, uh, do you have any thoughts on, you know, basically addressing um, help for those you, you, like, as you said, might be, um, might need it more than others, I guess, is a term maybe we could use for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a good place to start would be to uh, to really focus on those that have demonstrated low incomes and have demonstrated hard times and, you know, they're in default and they're not able to pay and work it out on a basically be able uh, um, giving these kind of interest rate uh, refinancing or, or reducing the interest rates on their um, on their loan balances, I think that's a, a fair strategy. By if we're targeting now, um, because if we're going to be handing out this this benefit, and if it's going to cost somebody money, then let's target it to those who actually need you know really need the help, and um, and target that there. Um, also, we could do a lot to, for example, raise the cap on. Um, on Pell grants, Pell grant recipient, and, and the the limit that you can get for your income, and so uh, by making uh, by making aid a little more generous, then that would be a direct that would help to directly reduce uh, Pell grant uh, Pell grants. There, um, uh, of course, uh, Obama has a plan or has a, a proposal um, to to make uh, community colleges free for all students. Um, that would be another strategy to try to reduce the reduced student loans because, of course, many students go to, to community colleges and many of them uh, walk away from community colleges uh, with debt as a result of that. And, um, and of course, 
community colleges generally don't are not offering four-year degrees. Most of them aren't, and so they're actually so most graduates walking away don't tend to be the highest-paid uh, graduates either. So basically, targeting it on the front end versus after it's already a problem, essentially. Yeah. Excellent. Dr. Hansen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really interesting stuff, uh, helping us to delve through um, the details of this uh, complicated issue. Um, if you want to follow Dr. Hansen's work, um, please check him out on Twitter. His handle is at Dr. Mike Hansen. That's D-R-M-I-K-E-H-A-N-S-E-N. And you can check out more of his work and the rest of the folks at Brookings by going to brookings.edu. If you have any thoughts on our student uh, loan debt topic that we're discussing, you can give us a shout at 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. And I'll get more into the specific plans by Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders right after this quick commercial break. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. 888-6-LESLIE. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We've been talking about the student uh, loan debt crisis, uh, as a lot of us are calling it. I would have to disagree. Unfortunately, our our guest had to go um, after just one segment, but um, I would disagree that it's not a crisis. I think when you have something that's the largest amount of debt that didn't used to be, it's not all because everyone's getting you know graduate degrees. And, and on the other end, I don't know how you don't blame you know, I would say, honestly, a lot of the Republicans who have pushed to cut the, the budget by reducing things like Pell Grants. Um, and on the other end, you have for-profit universities who are just absolutely exploding with profits. Um, and that's why I think it's a great idea to try to make these public universities free. And guess what? They are going to have competition and those private universities are going to have to compete with something like free um, public universities or at least debt-free um, public universities. And you're going to rein it in on that side. Um, that's a quick uh, take on my thought, but I wanted to be quick so I could get to your thoughts. So uh, first we go to Michelle in Palm Springs. Uh, Michelle, thanks for uh, giving us a shout. What do you think about uh, this topic and our guests and myself? Well, I was going to call him a Yahoo, but I won't. I just didn't understand what – oh, you, you sort of made all my arguments for me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's good no, that we agree. Okay. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, no, I meant your guest, not, not, not Leslie's guest host today. Oh, you know, one thing he forgets is, you know, people getting graduated. But he forgets about, you know, lawyers that want to be public defenders or, or doctors that want to work for the VA or – or, you know, all the nonprofits that people want to work for that used to sort of be a stepping stone out of college. And they don't, you know, and the, the argument always is the Republicans, well, after 10 years, you can be paid. But you may not want to stay there 10 years. You may want to go into, you know, private practice after that, or, or your wife or husband, you know, gets transferred someplace. If you can afford to have a wife or husband and, and get true, married true. And, and have a house and, and have a baby. I mean, it, it's... Yes, yes. And... and Students used to get out, and, and, you know, they, I mean, I was fortunate enough, I didn't have any college debt, but I'm a lot older now than, you know, and, and even, you know, a school teacher that gets out that used to, you know, they wouldn't have any debt. You know, the doctors maybe had some debt, lawyers too, but I, I just think it's so unfair, and he was calling it the loss of tax revenue. Well, why is the government collecting interest? 
any interest on these loans. I couldn't agree with you uh, any more than that, Michelle. Absolutely great points. Unfortunately, we need to uh, let you go and go to another caller due to time. Uh, we go to Gavin in uh, Oregon. Gavin, welcome to the show. Let us know your thoughts. Um, well, gosh, I, I just turned on the radio on my lunch hour, and this guy is completely out of touch with reality. Um, I i am a teacher, high school teacher. I got my master's degree in 2006. Um, still haven't found a permanent job. It's something here and there. I make about 15000 a year right now as an instructional assistant, and I owe about $105,000, which is almost as much as I owe in my house. Um, I, I can't really get, I can't do anything, I can't get a loan for anything else as long as it's going on. I, I think it's absolutely, my mother, when she, grads, when she graduated in, in the late 70s, she didn't have any debt. She basically, uh, you know, went for free. Gavin, thank you so much. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but I think you highlight the, the reality of the situation versus just kind of pontificating about it, as some do. Um, that's all the time we have. I'm Mark Grimaldi in for Leslie Marshall, who will be right back with you after this quick commercial break.